welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaliluma podcast channel. This Sunday, Apostle continues in the Sunday service series on the Holy Spirit as he teaches on the glory of God. The man of God gives us a greater understanding of what the glory of God is and he shows us how we have received of its fullness. Here comes the word. Grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. You know, I'm enjoying these teachings because, oh my goodness. You know, when, we, when you look at the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, each of them came to achieve something different. But if we don't learn to focus on the things that the resurrection has brought to us, we'll never experience the newness of life. Look at Romans chapter 6 verse 4. Look at Romans chapter 6, verse 4. What does it say? We actually read it last week, right? And it says, therefore, we were buried with him in baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. There is a newness of life. And you know, it doesn't say newness of lifestyle. Christianity is not like a new lifestyle arrangement. That's just part of the package. It's beyond that. And those are some of the details we're getting into. And, you know, we had our Dominion conference yesterday. If, if you didn't watch it, go check it out on YouTube or Facebook. And I'm sure we'll have the podcast ready. Uh, I started with the scripture, Titus chapter 1, verse 1, from the TPT. From the TPT, we're going to go to Titus 1, verse 1. <laughs> I laughed when I saw this. Some of you are in first service, no. So it says, from God, from Paul, God's willing slave, an apostle of Jesus, the anointed one, to Titus. I'm writing you to further the faith of God's chosen ones and lead them to the full knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. To further the knowledge, to further the faith of God's chosen ones. I don't know which place your faith is at, but God has sent me to further your faith, to stretch it, to stretch it. So, have your hearts ready. We are going deep in the word. Praise God. We're going to talk about those things that you think should only be taught in Bible school. Those things that you think only pastors should know. We've come to an understanding that all believers should know these things. And so, uh, if you've been following, we talked about the Ark of the Covenant, why it was there, what it symbolized. And then we, talk about, we talked about the temple, right? And we mentioned that the temple was a place of worship, the temple was a place of prayer, but the temple was also a place where God's glory rested. However, we, we read in Acts that actually God's plan was never to live in the temple eternally. 
because it says he doesn't dwell in human temples. And one of the major points we mentioned there was that the glory of God would rest in the temple. Now, this same glory of God is the one that Jesus prayed for us to have. He prayed in John 17 verse 4, saying that the glory you've given me, they may behold it. So, we must have an idea of what this glory is. Because even when the Bible describes Adam sinning, the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. There must be something special about this glory. And so, today I decided, let's look a little deeper at the glory of God. Because I want us to build precept after precept. Precept after precept. You know, there are certain meals. You know, for some of us who cook, um, you'll come to understand that there are some meals that you can't just put in the microwave and then expect it to be ready. No, you need to prepare it. It's a way you need to spice. I, I, I don't want to go into those details. You'd be amazed. And then some of you will start... We'll stop focusing on the sermon. So I would have gone into details, but I'll keep it to myself for now. But you see, there's, there, there are some things that need to be block after block, precept after precept. And so let's have an understanding of the glory of God. And the first encounter with the glory of God is in Genesis, of course, because all sinned and fell short of his glory. What did they fall short of? What did they lose? which you have gained. Then we see a very common passage concerning the glory in Exodus chapter number 33 and verse 17. Now, the context of this scripture is as follows. God was talking to Moses and he told him, look, I'm going to send an angel to go before you. Me, I'm too jealous. If I go before you with the way you guys are stubborn, I'll start giving you, I'll just Start taking you guys down one by one. So I'll just send an angel. He will give you all the breakthroughs you want. Since it's breakthroughs you want, have them. Hmm. If that option was given to us today, would we take it? Why he says, I'll give you all the miracles you want, all the blessings you're praying for. Since that's all you want, you can have them. Imagine that person saying, since it seems all you want from me is money, mm, have all of it. Go. If a person talks like that, you can tell they're quite hurt. Eh? But think about it. That's the, that's the offer Moses was given. And then the guy refused. He said, if your presence does not go, we don't want to go. And then, he's having a conversation with God. And I want us to see verse 18 of Exodus 33. And he said, please show me your glory. Show me your glory. Now, I want us to compare this to Psalm 103 verse 7. Because Psalm 103 verse 7 describes this exact event, but then gives it in reported speech. The psalmist says, he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. That shows you something. When it comes to encountering God's glory, it's more than the acts. It's more than the works. It's more than the Red Sea parting. It's more than eating manna 
from heaven. It's more than the quail. It's more than the water from the rock. Because he made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. How you can tell this is talking about the exact same scripture is when you go to verse 8. Because in verse 8 it says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. When we go back to Exodus 33, you'll see that that's what it was describing. Let's go back. Please, if you've got nowhere to write, type, type on your phone, type some, just turn off the internet, but type on your phone, write in a book or something. You won't, I quote a lot of scriptures. <laughs> and some I even just reduce for your sake. If you're up to me sometimes, we just, let's just read, as we begin, let's just read the entire book of Hebrews. Now let's compare it with Leviticus. <laughs> so let's go. Then, this is the same conversation. He says, please show me your glory. I've got a feeling he's one who composed that song. Yeah? I want to look on the face of the one that I love. Come to stay in your presence. And then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. In short, this part of God is selective with regards who can get to know the fullness. Don't you find it interesting that the church is called the elect? The church is called the chosen ones. It's okay. Let's go on. <laughs> But he said, you cannot see my face. Oh, no. For no man shall see me and live. By this verse, you can tell that Moses is not the fullness of what we should experience. That is a very good reference point. Because he didn't get to experience the fullness. If I was doing a teaching on the blood, we would have connected. Let's go on. If you had to read, and, and, and you notice that he kept describing this in many ways. Not how with the tabernacle, there had to be a veil. So that not everyone could, so that they could know that the glory of God is there, but behind the veil. Notice how with the temple, there still had to be a veil. And the Lord said, here's a place by me, you shall stand on the rock. Uh-huh. Follow, let's go. So it shall be while my glory passes by. From this verse, you'll be able to know what the glory of God is. So it shall be while my glory passes by that I'll put you in the cleft of the rock and will cover you with my hand while I pass by. Notice, he he goes from saying, well, my glory, to saying, well, I pass by. The glory of God is beyond the thunderings and the smoke. In your own time, read... From the book of First Kings, read chapter 17, read chapter 18, read chapter 19. Read the encounters of Elijah. Read how Elijah was searching for God. There was fire, there was a violent wind, and it says God was not in it. In short, God is beyond that. Think about this. Has any of you ever seen an entourage, maybe of the president or of a very important person? There'll be the bicycles, there'll be the cars, there'll be all those things. But if the man is not in one of the cars, then it's just a good show. 
It's no longer a presidential entourage. So I'm telling you, it's beyond the angels that come with him. It's beyond the fire. It's beyond the smoke. There's actually a person behind all that. There's a person behind all that. And he says that. I remember December 13th, 2011. Craziest experience I ever had. Maybe that's why there's like a screw that just went off. No, honestly, there is. I, I know it myself. I, I was in my room. It was around four. I woke up and I looked and then I started seeing the glory of God descending and descending. Didn't reach down. It was colorless, but I could see it. It's just, that was just my experience. And then everything about me was shaking. The only way I can describe it is I felt as if my spirit was shaking and my body was just like this. I don't know how best to describe it. And there were certain things I was worried about. You know, it's like the worry said, you're alone, and they ran away. They leave you alone. <laughs> I'm telling you, I couldn't even remember there's ever been such a thing called the devil. And the Lord spoke to me. And that, that's one of the few times, I think one of the only times I ever heard the big banging voice. I still remember the first words. The first words were, why should you worry? Because I, I was very, very worried about my future. And he began to explain to me certain things that would happen in the future. I've been seeing. And uh, whoosh, I'm getting shivers just remembering it. I'm getting shivers. And that voice, the only way I can describe it is that if that voice told the house to walk, legs would pop out of the house and the house would walk. So when I'm praying for someone with certain situations, if you wanted to know, that's how, that's the revelation that I carry when I'm praying for somebody who needs something to grow out. I just start remembering. When I say, in the name of Jesus, the fullness of God is in Jesus. So in the name, and I remember that. I'm telling you. Whew. Sorry, I'm a bit shaken right now. I don't know if it's obvious. <laughs> That's why I don't like talking about it. Hey. Now, where were we? What are we talking about today? <laughs> that seems remind me of the scripture we're on. Uh-huh. Oh my glory, I will put well I pass by. I want you to imagine some of you here love uh, KFC. Imagine you've got that friend who whenever they come to see you, they bring you KFC. Praise God. There's somebody saying, oh God, I receive. I receive such friends. Where are such friends found? <laughs> Which village are they found? <laughs> and so that friend always brings you KFC. And if, if you've done a bit of psychology and you remember classical conditioning, Pavlov, you'll be able to relate the fact that you can be able to um, like one stimuli can stimulate you into a certain feeling. For example, if you hear the footsteps of your friend, you salivate him as if you've got the KFC with you because you've now been able to associate the KFC, the footstep with the KFC. You get my point, right? But now imagine if you are that friend who's always bringing KFC. And then one day you reach 
and the person just looks at you and says, KFC! And you know, you're waiting for a hug and you do this and they skip you. Get the KFC and slam the door on you. It means it's not you they are seeing as a gift. They love your gifts, but you're no longer the gift. It means they love your presence, but not your presence. It means they've fallen in love with all the things that you can do for them, but they've forgotten you. And it scares me when I read in the book of Revelations where Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Here's what scares me. He wasn't talking to unbelievers. Yes, we can use that for unbelievers, but if you read it in its context, he was writing to the church. He wasn't talking to unbelievers. Imagine in his own church, his own temple, his own people, he has to knock. And he says, I stand at the door and knock. And if everybody, anybody opens, I will enter and have fellowship with him. I will dine with him. Imagine that. Being shut out of his own house. That shows you something. When we're talking about the glory of God, we're talking about the person of God. We're talking about the person... The person. There's no better way I can describe it. The same one whom the Bible says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The same one who said let there be. The same one who said let us make. The same one who said he looked at what he saw and it was good. The same one who in Genesis 6 looked, looked at the earth, looked at how things were going and he even repented of making man and said you know what? Let's just get rid of them but Noah found grace. He said I want to get rid of them but there's this guy called Noah. And afterwards, he looked and said, I'm never going to do this again. The same one who, after Adam and Eve sinned, and they tried to design clothes for themselves, which didn't really work out. Killed an animal, got skin of an animal, and still dressed them up. First fashion designer. Praise God. (laughs) That same one. That's Moses wanted to know him. Moses wanted to know him. I don't know if there are people here who want to know him. Haven't you seen how Jesus described eternal life? He said, this is eternal life, that they may know God. It's beyond living forever. That's just a benefit. It's beyond that. Let's continue. They may know him. It's beyond a change of lifestyle. It's beyond that. So let's continue. Let's see what happened. So in verse 20, he tells him, but you cannot see my face. Did we already pass verse 20? We're on verse 23. Then I'll take away my hand and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. So Moses didn't have the fullness of the experience. eh? Chapter 34, verse 5. You know, when you talk about God a certain way, you can sense him. How many of you can sense the presence of God here? You think a sickness can survive this. And guess what? It's beyond that. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. Uh huh. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious. You connect to Psalms now, right? Merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. Uh-huh. 
keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the children's children to the third and fourth generation. The day you, the day you study God like this, you understand why you must preach the gospel. You understand that. You understand that God is not just merciful. He's also a righteous judge. And so mercy on us meant judgment on Jesus. You understand why Jesus had to die? Because mercy on us meant judgment on Jesus. It didn't come free. It didn't come cheap. That's why the Bible says you were bought at a price. It didn't come cheap. That's why you shouldn't take it for granted. Never lose that joy of being saved. Praise God. Now let's continue from there. In verse 29, the Bible says, and this encounter was on Mount Sinai, right? And how many of you know that for us, this is not even the mountain we've come to. We've come to a bigger one. You can read that in Hebrews chapter 12. It tells us what we've not come to and what we've come to. And what we've not come to is the encounter that the Israelites had. Because there are so many restrictions. Even if an animal touched the mountain, it would go on. As, it, as the mountain we've come to, saying, come, 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 come. We've come to the mountain that <laughs> our mountain came on earth and said, come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you. Okay. <laughs> this mountain, to come to it, they had to wash their clothes for three days. Praise God. Oh, the gentlemen wouldn't have been able to reach. <laughs> Three days straight. <laughs> Two people I know. Anyways, the Bible says, Now it was so, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai, and the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mountain, that Moses did not know that the skin of his face shone while he spoke with him. This is someone who only experienced the back. He came back, his skin was shining. His skin was shining. And I want you to see from verse... Uh, 30, it says, when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone, and they were afraid to come near him. Let's give a bit of revelation here, right? Verse Verse 33. And when Moses had finished speaking with them, he put a veil on his face. That same veil, that same veil which became that curtain. Are you seeing all these things are connected? That same veil. He put a veil on his face. Uh huh. But whenever Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him, he would take the veil off. And when he came out, he would and speak to the children of Israel, whatever he had been commanded. 35. And whenever the children of Israel saw the face of Moses, that the skin of Moses' face shone, then Moses would put the veil on his face again until he went to speak with him. The Israelites couldn't behold that glory face to face. They had a veiled relationship with the glory of God. A veiled relationship. And I'm not surprised because God told him, I'm going to cover your face. The same revelation he received from God, the same one he ended up imparting. Even Moses, his face was covered. Oh my goodness, I hope you get that one. Look, Moses' face was covered as the glory passed by. In the same way, when he came down, he had to cover. They couldn't behold the fullness of what he had experienced. You can't 
out-function your level of revelation. But guess what? The Bible even tells us that even today, as Moses is read, maybe you've never seen that scripture. It should be 2 Corinthians 3, right? Is it 2 Corinthians 3? Is it 15, 16, somewhere there? I hope so. Aha, uh-huh, 15. Come on. Uh-huh. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Even to this day. <laughs> Good. But you see, something that preaching does, when a message like this comes, here's what it does. Titus 1, verse 3, from the TPT. Titus 1, verse 3, from the Passion Translation. In his own time, he unveiled his word through the preaching of the gospel. Some of us came here with veils in our hearts. Some of us have came here with veils which have set a limitation for how deep a person can relate with God. Some of us think the Holy Spirit can lead us into all truth. We've only given him some truths. I don't know if you get my point. We, it's like there's a veil, there's a limitation, there's a place that we think we can't go beyond. This message has come to unveil you. Praise God. And that's why when you go back to 2 Corinthians 3 verse 15, where it says, till today, till today, as Moses is read, they are still veiled. Look at what it says now about you. Uh-huh. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Verse 16. <laughs> uh-huh. Verse 17. Which, and then it says, and look at the connection again between the, the Spirit and the glory. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Verse 18. Uh-huh. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Are you seeing the connection again? <laughs> oh my, this is a verse the first service people didn't get. Now, <laughs> what am I trying to say? <laughs> Praise God. Have you observed that when Moses encountered the glory of God, he came back looking like the glory of God, and yet he had a veiled encounter? You see, the Bible says that when the Son of Man is lifted, he will draw all men to himself. When Moses came down shining from the glory, people were afraid of him. But for us, when we are transformed more into his likeness, when we are transformed more, when the glory of God hits, you know what happens? People are attracted. People are attracted. That's why you should work on your character, work on your attitude. Otherwise, you start saying, oh, these people always texted me for help. You're shining, man. You're shining. What do you expect? What do you expect? The light shines in the darkness. Look, why are people always, why are people always open up, up to me? Me, I'm not even in a relationship. But all people are busy coming to tell me, my, you are shining. You don't know it, but you are shining. There is a glory about you such that they look beyond your experience. They look beyond your circumstance. They look beyond your bank account. They know there is something about you. So when you encounter God's glory, you become like what you encounter. And that was Jesus' prayer, that they may behold, that they may behold. Listen, you may not know it. I am here to tell you. God's desire goes beyond you being born again. 
The reason why babies are born is so they can grow up and come to the full stature like their parents. God's desire is for you to be in the full stature of the Lord Jesus. I can show you from the scriptures. Till we all come to the knowledge of truth, not being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. That's what the Bible says. To the unity of faith and the knowledge of truth. The perfect, you read that in Ephesians chapter 4. So, you see that the glory began to invade human beings. Moses has an encounter with God's glory. He comes back face shining, despite having a veiled encounter. Praise God. But can I show you something? Very quick. God had other plans. He had other plans. And he begins revealing them. Look at Isaiah 9 2. You didn't think I knew those songs, eh? The people who walked in darkness, what a scriptural song, have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, hey, upon them light has shined. (laughs) You don't have to live in that shadow of death anymore. You can just pass through. It says even though they walk through the valley of the shadow of death, eh? refuse to pitch a tent there. Uh Uh-huh. Go on. Why have they seen the great light? Uh Uh-huh. And it says you have multiplied the nation and increased the joy. They rejoice before you according to the joy of the harvest as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. Let's go on. Keep going. For you have broken the yoke of his burden. Are you... I'm describing you. I'm describing what happened to you. In case it hasn't become your reality yet, as I speak it, it's becoming your reality. For you have broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder and the rod of his oppressor, as in the days of Midian. Uh For every warrior's sandal from the noisy battle and every garment's rod in blood will be used for the burning and fuel of fire. Here is the reason. These things have happened. Verse 6. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's why all these things happen. Because the glory of God stepped to the earth. Praise God. Say God had other plans. Can I just show you one or two more verses? Take me to John 1. Are you seeing that there are some scriptures that make more sense when you read the verses before? What's your problem? One verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Through him were all things made, and without him was nothing made which was made. Now go to Hebrews chapter 1. You can do a very good comparison of John 1 and Hebrews 1. From verse 1. Come on. What does it say? God who at various times and in various ways spoke in the past to the fathers by the prophets. Uh-huh. Has in these last days spoken to us by his son. Whom he appointed heir of all things. Through whom also he made the worlds. Remember John 1. Through him were all things made. Hebrews 1. Through him he made the worlds. Praise God. 
Even when you read um, Hebrews 4, the Word of God is living and active. If you keep going down, it, it gives personality to the Word. It says nothing is hidden from His sight. Uh-huh. Who being the brightness of His glory. So this Son, this Word, is the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the Word of His power. When He purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. So this same son is the brightness of his person. He's the express image of his glory. And then we are told in the beginning, the word, the word was God, and the word was God. Eh? Now, 14. Oh my goodness. Please, if you're getting this, tell me you're getting it. Nanga, that one wasn't said. Okay, John, if you don't get it, we'll keep repeating it. Every week we'll find a new way to say it. Until you understand the mystery which has been hidden from generations. And it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Remember, how has the word been described? As the express image of his glory. So when the word became flesh and dwelt among us, what happened to them? We beheld his glory. Look at it from the Amplified. And the word became flesh and tabernacled. Remember the tabernacle. The word became flesh and tabernacle. He set up a tabernacle and this tabernacle was called Jesus. The word became flesh and tabernacled among us. And what happened when he tabernacled? We actually saw his glory. The same one Moses didn't get to see. We saw his glory, his majesty, such Glory as an only begotten son receives from the father. And remember, this was the promise. No, actually, this wasn't the promise. This was the sign. This wasn't the promise. It was a sign. You know the difference between a sign and a promise, right? Is that the sign points you somewhere. It points you to something coming. This was the sign. Isaiah 7 verse 14. You're giving me looks. The New King James, Isaiah 7, 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. That was a sign. That was a sign. What's Emmanuel? God with us. That's not the fullness of the revelation. That was a sign. Not the fullness. That was a sign. <laughs> Praise God. So what Peter, John, and, and all those guys experienced was he tabernacled among them was the sign. That's why even after tabernacling among them, he could still tell them after he resurrected, wait for the promise. Because that was the sign. And now, we've seen how the scripture says uh, we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father. By the time we reached Hebrews, the timeline had changed. Even the description of Jesus had changed. He was no longer being called the only begotten. Look at it. Hebrews 1. Verse 5. For to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. And I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son. Verse 6. But when he again brings the firstborn, 
into the world. He says, let all the angels of God worship him. What Jesus described as the firstborn. Look at Hebrews 2 verse 11. You see why I said I would prefer that we just read all of it, right? Hebrews 2 verse 11. For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one. For which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. That's why he said we need to come to a place where we understand what his resurrection has done. Look at Romans 8.29. This is another one the first service before didn't know. Romans 8.29. <laughs> For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Next week, we'll get to have an understanding of what it meant to the earth when the word became flesh and set up tabernacle among men. And by the grace of God, we'll see why? By the way, all this is in the Holy Spirit series. I've been building all this up to explain to you why Jesus told his disciples that it's better for me to go. You understand why he said, it's better I go and the Holy Spirit comes. Praise God. Are we ready for more. We are still doing our 21 days of intense prayer. And let's continue just building on these revelations. Praise God. These are days, I, with the way I described that scripture, I was so tempted to sing a Christmas song. I almost broke. Born to save the sons of earth. We only, we only know one part, right? These are songs where we only know the chorus, right? Born to give them second birth. <laughs> Alice looks drunk. <laughs> Something that was like, uh, born that sin no, no more may dwell. Jesus our Emmanuel. <laughs> you guys look blank. <laughs> Praise God. Please, when we have our Christmas service, let's remember this preaching. Eh? It will make more sense. Okay. Just lift your hands for a second. Just close your eyes just for a second. You didn't want heaven without us. So Jesus, you brought heaven down. Those words are so rich. My sin was great, your love was greater. So what can separate? What a wonderful name. What can separate us? We are intertwined, we are joined. There is no space between us. There is no space between us. 
Hey, what a wonderful name it is. There is no space between us. No space. What a wonderful name You know, as we were singing what can separate us now, of course I was taken to what can separate us from the love of God in Romans 8. And I was just thinking, there's absolutely no space. Nothing. It says, he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. There is no space. It's, it's stronger than this, this, this pillar that you have seen connected. There is no space. Absolutely no space between the pillar and the roof. Ours is even stronger. It's a stronger bond even than husband and wife. It's a stronger bond even than mother and child. A stronger bond. Nothing, absolutely nothing can separate us. Nothing. 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 We should write it about There's nothing that can separate us. We should write something. Confess with me now in the name of Jesus. I'm born of the word. I'm born of the incorruptible seed. The word is alive. The word is dwelling in me. The word is growing in me. The word is growing in me. In Jesus' name. Come on, celebrate him. You know, the Bible says, Jesus said, unless a kernel of wheat falls and dies, it will not produce others of its kind. We'll start from there next week. Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground. So why did he really die? What was he trying to produce? We've already spoken the blessing. Today I wanted you to confess the word because I'm trying to teach us to meditate on the word. So we've spoken the blessing. Let's go. The grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Woo. No space. This week in our prayer points, let's, let's acknowledge this relationship we have with the Lord. Let's appreciate the person of God. Let's stop just getting gift bags from Him. He knows you need things. So what you can do is that you can have your own separate prayer time for that. But then in the prayer, the official prayer points and the time we'll pray together. Let's acknowledge there is no space and appreciate the person of God. And let's ask him for more. Let's desire the Lord. wow what a service i have been so blessed and i know you have been too may the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the communion of the holy spirit be with you you can reach the city of the lord church on zero 
777-993-0882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on the city of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.